0: for joining us again on the Amarillo Pioneers Live in West Texas podcast. And we are excited to welcome another candidate running for statewide office to our show today. He is Aaron Sorrells. He's a Republican candidate for Texas Lieutenant Governor in the 2022 upcoming election. He is challenging the incumbent Dan Patrick, and he is going to be telling us all about his campaign and why he decided to get in the race and what he wants to do for the great state of Texas. Uh, but before we get into all of the issues and all of the specifics about his campaign, Aaron, we appreciate you being with us, and how are you today, sir? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we are very excited that uh, you took the time to do this with us. And um, um, I know a lot of people probably are having fatigue from elections,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes.
0: they might not realize that 2022 is right around the corner, um, and it's going to be important to start looking at the candidates running for these big statewide offices. And so uh, for most people who probably don't know a little bit, or they don't know anything about you, uh, would you take a moment to tell them a little bit about you and why you decided to run for lieutenant governor this year?
1: Sure. So uh, just to be clear on my last name, too, since there's been some confusion with the way I say my last name. So my last name is Sorrells. And just to show people how dedicated I am, my my actual last name is Sorrells but when you say it that way, people keep thinking it's Soros. So we've had to, I've had literally so dedicated to this, I've changed my last name sounding. So, um, but, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the things that have already happened, right? Running for office. But uh, basically about me is I'm just a small business owner. I like everybody else middle class, worked my butt off my whole life. You know, everybody always wants to know, did I go to college? I did not go to college more than a year and a half. Uh, College just wasn't my thing. Uh, So I, you know, I worked hard for a living and you know, here I am with 26 employees at 40 years old and have multimillion dollar business because I just worked hard for it. I didn't get any hand me outs. I didn't beg the government for it. And, you know, ultimately, that's what got me into this is the government after all my hard work and everything I've done to make a successful business, not only for my family, but for other families is the government's taking it all away from me. And so, you know, I looked at the mask situation. I have medical conditions. I'm not able to wear a mask. And so the government takes my personal freedom away, right? Tells you to wear a mask. Tells you you can't go to places. Well, then they you know, now they're messing as a business owner, they started telling us whether or not we were essential or not. Thankfully, I classified into the quote essential category. Wouldn't have shut down either way because I really didn't care what they, th- they said. But, you know, I got through that. So then they start messing with my supply chains. and And, you know, my main product line goes from three weeks to 20 weeks. By the way, that's a made in America product. So it isn't just a getting stuff off the boat problem. There's nobody in the country going to work right now. And so whether you're, you know, So you lose your personal freedoms. Now you're losing your business, your freedoms as a business owner. And then ultimately, the final straw was I took my 11-year-old son to uh, Cook Children's here in Fort Worth with a broken foot, carried him in. And I was told by multiple people, including three nurses, if that tells you how unbusy they were, that they were not denying me service, that I had the option to wear a mask, and they were not going to take care of my son, who had a broken foot, until I put a mask on. And at that point, I had had enough because not only in everybody, a lot of people have come back and said, well, why did you just put the mask on? Well, I didn't put the mask on. It's because I have two medical conditions. Also, my son knew the situation. My wife was on her way in case this ended up being the situation. But let alone, I cannot take my children, my three boys, to any Cook Children's facility for any doctor follow-ups at this point. I am banned from protecting my children if I need to go to a specialist with Cook Children's for anything, like a broken foot. So when you take away my medical – my personal freedoms, my business freedoms, and now you're taking away my medical freedoms and my ability to protect my children, yeah, that's that's the final straw for me. So that's why I'm doing this. I, I saw no one going after Dan Patrick, who is the most powerful position in Texas, and I was not going to let the guy that is in charge of the legislature get away with not protecting my family and, and, and the families of Texas. So – So
0: So I do want to ask um, a question about this race. Uh, We had another candidate for lieutenant governor on uh, a couple weeks ago. And I asked this question. I'm going to ask it to you, too. You know, a lot of the criticism about the failure to deliver on conservative priorities over the last few years um, has landed at the feet of Greg Abbott um, from a lot of activists and conservative pundits in the state. Um, So with that in mind delivering conservative results being the the top priority. Uh, why did you decide to go after Patrick instead of
1: Abbott? Well because that's the problem in Texas right now and it's the biggest hurdle I'm having to do and, and I was I got in this race first about it's in about 10 weeks now because everybody was so focused on Abbott but people don't realize that the lieutenant governor has the power. It is considered by most the most it's the most powerful position in Texas. I'm not a weak VP. I am the president of the Senate. I control the committees. I control what gets to the floor. So when, you be, when you're when you getting mad at Abbott, rightfully so, because he's acting like a tyrant and he shouldn't be a tyrant, well, the guy that's pulling all the strings in the background is the guy you never see, and that's Dan Patrick. And so the problem is we focus so much on Greg Abbott that if we replace Greg Abbott and you leave Dan Patrick and Dade Phelan in charge of the House and the Senate, guess what? You're not going to get anything through as the governor because they're never going to let your legislation pass because they control everything. And that's that's the problem is that you only see Dan Patrick when something good happens, like the heartbeat bill or constitutional carry or the election integrity bill. By the way, I don't think anyone believes that actually gave us any election integrity. But, you know, that's when you see him. And so that's the problem is I I looked at the races and I saw the governor candidates and I said, you know what, I got no problem with you know chad prather don huff finds alan west i got no problem with any of those guys so there's no reason to go challenge them at this point we need to take the guy that really is pulling the strings in the background and so that's that's why i went after dan
0: absolutely well if you were elected in 2022 you're going to have a lot of issues that probably come up in the senate in 2023 what would be a few of your top priorities if you're elected
1: well, the first priority is to make sure that the, the GOP's priorities get handled. As a Republican candidate, you know, the, the people choose the, the priorities. And the, the, like, for instance, the last, these eight that we had this time, only three of them passed. And those would be constitutional carry, heartbeat bill, and uh, the um, election integrity. However, nobody believes any of those went as far as they were supposed to, and they're not what we asked for. So, you know, when you say you got three out of the eight of the conservative agenda, done, it's not a passing grade. And and so that's the thing is my job is to do what the people asked. Uh, The priority is whatever the Texas GOP hands up from the people as the priorities. It's not the governor's priorities. It's not the lieutenant governor's priorities. It's the people's priorities. So my job is to take care of those priorities first beyond that. And in between that, And I will make that a priority. I will shut things down if I have to to get the people's priorities done. But beyond that, you know, I'm looking at. Obviously, we've got to defend the border, and I believe defending the border will probably be top of the priority list come the next legislation. Anyway, uh, we've got to, you know, end property taxes, and everybody says, "Oh, that's a pipe dream." Well, I, you can't call yourself a free society if you don't, if you don't have your own property. And I'm tired of renting from the government and letting them continually jacking up our prices. Uh, you know, we're talking about unrealized uh, gains right now from the federal government. And they're talking about taxing unrealized gains. Well, what do you think property taxes are? We don't get to choose the value. We're getting taxed on value that they assume we're going to get. And so that's that's got to go away. Um, and then we need to, uh, uh, we've got to go after child gender mutilation. That's got to stop. That's child abuse, plain and simple. Uh, we can no longer allow the left and and, and honestly the right because j- uh, the three guys were the guys we were are just talking about. They've all been funded by the gender mutilation facilities in Texas. So that needs to go because both sides are hurting us on that one. And then ultimately the other next one, the biggest next one is the education. And I don't know that there are any specific priority on that. They all kind of equal in my books, but we've got to in, uh, stop the indoctrination and the CRT and, and all the Marxist ideologies that are going through our school system right now. So, and I got more, but those will be the top four right now. So,
0: Absolutely. Well, let me ask you about a specific issue, and this is an issue that really became a hot topic in Amarillo, especially during our city elections this year, and that's the issue of taxpayer-funded lobbying. Uh, you know, the city of Amarillo itself spent, you know, several hundred thousand dollars on taxpayer-funded lobbying this year and in past cycles. Uh, I know that it's not a problem that is specific to Amarillo. As it? Ha- it's been happening all over the state. Uh, So I just want to see what your feel is on this. Would you support the proposed ban on taxpayer-funded lobbying, and as lieutenant governor, would you fight harder than Dan Patrick to get that done?
1: 100%, yes. Uh, That was actually one of the eight GOP priorities this time, and it didn't get passed because he doesn't want it passed. I'll give you a prime example. We just had an election yesterday in Texas, didn't we? And Proposition 2 passed. What people don't realize is that's going to hit our property taxes. And in the rural counties, it's going to hit even harder than in the cities because of what they did with that. And yet only 1.5 million people came out to vote yesterday in Texas for that total for, for the propositions. And it passed by 63%. If anybody wants to pay attention to what taxpayer funding lobbying, go look at Texas Infrastructure Now, who's sponsoring ads all over social media promoting proposition Two. The treasurer is Carl Rove's wife, Karen Rove. That doesn't tell you what's going on there. Then you then people need to wake up. We just passed a proposition where taxpayer-funded lobbyists were sponsoring ads everywhere because the only reason they're sponsoring those ads is because when that infrastructure passed yesterday, now means they get money in their pockets. They don't care about whether or not it helps the citizens of Texas. It's about putting money in their pocket. And there's nothing Carl Rove has in his, uh, in his fingers in this state of Texas that doesn't involve protecting him and his money sources. So, yes, taxpayer-funded lobbying. And I'll give you another prime example. Since I am in a big city, I'm in Fort Worth. We've got $60 million stadiums popping up all over the state. One of those cracked in half up here by me. Do you think people building those aren't going out and, you know, getting Uh, everybody to vote for it. Because if they get it passed, guess what? They get to build a $60 million stadium. Once again, it's backhanded taxpayer funded lobbying. They're going to go set up groups, which they do, to sponsor ads in, in a disguised way so that they can get those $60 million stadiums passed. Where's our education money going? To the wrong places. So yes, we need to ban it. It needs to be done. It needs to be done. And it should have been done by Dan Patrick.
0: If you were elected, we always hear this question uh, from our readers and our listeners. Whenever we talk to a statewide candidate, so I want to see what your answer is. If you were elected, would you support any bill uh, or promote any bill as lieutenant governor that would prohibit or further restrict the ownership of firearms in the state of Texas?
1: No, second amendment, anybody that's going against the second amendment and our constitutional right to own guns and, and control our own militias. Us, yes. I said the dirty word militia, uh, then they don't need to be in office. I'm tired of, and I'll give you a prime example. We just wrote a bill for constitutional carry. And I tell everybody when I speak, it's not constitutional carry, it's permitless carry. God help you. If you're walking around with a gun and a school bus pulls up and brings out children to an event you could be in, in in trouble now, you've now violated that law. So it's not constitutional and and why why are we writing laws that say constitutional carry in them? If, if it's constitutional, I don't need new laws. I have already gotten that by the second amendment. So why don't you go take away all the laws that took that constitutional right from me instead of making new ones to, to put in the name constitutional carry. So yes, second amendment needs to be protected. The best thing we can do to protect the first amendment is keep the second, second amendment going. So, uh,
0: Well, let's get into another hot topic that just seems to be growing with importance in this race for governor, um, and also in your race for lieutenant governor, and that's the issue of immigration. Uh, so I'm sure you've seen the videos online of Greg Abbott's border fence uh, sure. and the failure to actually secure the southern border. As lieutenant governor, uh, would you support texas securing the southern border and finishing the wall once and for all not a fence
1: an actual wall so i'll tell you how much i know uh, if anybody goes to my facebook page which uh, it's at sorrell's for texas the number four texas i was actually in roma texas where there's plenty of activity and i live streamed it for an hour so not yes i have seen lots um I, I went down to the march to the border. Uh, we went down through a whole bunch of things. So I've got pictures of the wall that I took. Uh, I've seen it all. I've seen the chain link fences with the ladders right next to it. Uh, we're, we're not even dismantling. We're just throwing them on the ground so they can reuse them. And then I was uh, a week ago, a little over a week ago, I was in Bracketville, which if anybody's paying attention to Kenny County right now, I actually went out in the middle of the night with my AR, my pistol and body armor with with a group of militia guys to go see see exactly how bad it is. There is no wall. There's no protection. This is what our government is doing to us. This isn't Joe Biden's fault. It's all of the government's fault. It's our leadership too. All of them are at fault. We keep wanting to put the blame in one person. We want to blame the federal government. Our state government has the authority to protect its citizens. Not only does it have the authority, it has the obligation to protect the citizens. But what has Dan Patrick been doing? He's been running to Fox News, crying about how all the other states need to come save us. He, he came on, I think it's three, about three weeks now was the last time he was on talking about, and he was saying, oh, well, if the federal government, Joe Biden would just let me pay for 9,500 National Guard, I would do it. You know what? I don't need Joe Biden's approval to protect the state of Texas. You have the authority from our own state constitution and by the U.S. Constitution because they're not doing their job in protecting us to go in, write legislation. That says we are going to fund our own Texas military, our own militias, and we're going to go down there and we're going to secure the border and we're going to make sure the cartels stop trafficking drugs, stop trafficking women, stop trafficking children and stop draining the Texas economy by f- giving these people packets and flying them all over the country and not only invading our state, but invading the rest of the country. We have an obligation. And yes, it will be first priority I make, because right now, if we don't protect the sovereign state of Texas, the rest of this doesn't matter. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm a Texas first candidate. America can come along for the ride. And so my job is to make sure everybody in Texas is protected, finally, because there's nobody doing it. And whatever legislation I got to get passed, whatever I got to throw at the governor, whether it's funding the border wall to be completed, you know, Trump's wall. Or, and on top of that fund of the military, I'm going to do, and I'll be honest, if whoever comes in as governor doesn't want to take care of that, if I got to step out of my outside of my technically constitutional authority, then so be it. I will, because if we have to defend ourselves from this invasion,
0: do you think that you can get the Texas Senate? um, Because, you know, right now there are a lot of Republicans who shall we say are not as conservative as they actually portray whenever they run for reelection. Uh, do you think you can get the Texas Senate to support bills aimed at actually finishing the wall and uh, doing more than just talking about securing the border?
1: That's gonna be the real question right So I, I people keep asking me like uh, do you have you met any, Senators, have you talked to any senators, any of them on your side? And I'm like, no, none of them are going to be, because if anybody knows anything about Dan Patrick, they know he runs it with an iron fist. But it's not an iron fist in a good way. It's the uh, the membership. It's the club mentality. Uh, Actually, if anybody's listened to Don Huffine's talk, that's one of the things he brings up all the time is what happened when he went into the Senate. And Dan Patrick was the one leading that. And so, no, I'm not going to continue the club membership mentality. This is not, this is not, uh, you know, your, your frat party in college. This isn't your high school clique. This is about the people of Texas. So if I got to go in with an iron fist, the opposite way, one, just dismantle the system as it exists. I think when you take that system away and you allow a lot of these people to actually be outspoken, I think you'll find out more of them are not necessarily as conservative as we'd want them to be, but I think they will go to the right side when given the proper opportunity. But right now they're threatened. They're, they're pushed around. When you don't do what Dan wants, he puts you on a terrible committee. He kills everything in the back rooms. He makes deals with Dade Phelan. So he makes it really impossible for these guys. And and honestly, a lot of these guys aren't as big of leaders as they pretend to be. So if you give them the right leadership and you give them the right uh, motives, you know, and you, you force their hand by putting these bills on the floor to be voted on so that the people that vote for them can see it. I bet you'll find out a lot of them vote the right way when that happens. But right now they get to kill it all in the back room so they don't have to be shown. So yeah, there's ways to do it, but uh, it's it's gonna take it's it's gonna take someone like myself that's willing to go in there and not be anybody's friend and go in there to actually get business done. And that and that's what we need.
0: Right. Well, let me uh, ask you about another hot topic here in our state, and that is uh, the issue of abortion and protecting life. Everyone knows that Texas passed a bill aimed at uh, further protecting life in the state of Texas uh, during the past legislative sessions this year. Uh, As governor, or sorry, as lieutenant governor, could you make a commitment today to everyone listening that you will be a supporter of life and you will protect life and the Texas Senate?
1: Yes, that's a, that's a definite, uh, I will my job is to personally abolish abortion. Uh, there are there are cases and and I know people say oh my god you're going to criminalize women. No, you don't have to criminalize the women. There are going to be people put in very bad positions that are going to make bad decisions. What we have to do is go after the people that are facilitating those abortions, not criminalize the woman that tries to do that illegally, you know, at that point. But, you know, we asked for abolish abortion and we didn't get it. And one of the biggest convers- conversations is And excuses was that, well, if we abolish abortion, we're going to challenge Roe v. Wade and we're going to be at the Supreme Court. Oh, guess where the heartbeat bill is? It's at the Supreme Court right now. We're all waiting on the ruling. And what happens when they turn that down? Do we just give up? No, we push back harder. We should have gone for abolishing abortion because if we're going to finally, if anybody is going to challenge the abortion laws in the Supreme Court, let's challenge the one that the Supreme Court ruled on their own when they're not legislatures. Roe v. Wade is not law because the Supreme Court does not make law. And it needs to be challenged. And yes, I will always protect life. That is the most important thing. There's, you cannot call yourself a Christian and say that you are okay with someone killing, killing a baby in the womb. And that's plain and simple. And so, yes, as a, as a fellow, as a Christian and, you know, and, and a father of three, I believe all child, all children should have a chance to live. And I will fight tooth and every, with everything in my body, I will fight it to make sure that that happens.
0: So I want to shift gears for just a moment and go back to some fiscal issues. Um, I know a lot of Texans are really struggling with their property taxes right now because property taxes seem to just be, you know, increasingly skyrocketing. It just seems like it's a never-ending cycle of tax increases. Uh, In fact, we just had a tax increase election and thankfully voters turned it down, Uh, but they're still getting a tax increase. Uh, And that's happening all over the state of Texas. Uh, And so as... Lieutenant governor, do you think more needs to be done? And what would you do if you think more needs to be done to deliver property tax relief and reform in the state of Texas?
1: Well, as I said earlier, I believe we need to eliminate property taxes. Uh, They're immoral. You cannot call yourself a free society. If, if you rent from the government, the government controls us, they control our business, they control our homes, they control our lands, they control everything. They have their hands in everything we do. And it's got to stop. And one of those ways that we need to stop that is eliminating property taxes. Because, you know, everything we've done, for instance, I'm in Fort Worth. I did not choose to have my house price rise by almost $250,000 in the last six years. As I said earlier, it's we're, we're, we're getting mad about the unrealized gains. Well, that's an unrealized gain. I'm paying taxes on property value that I didn't get to choose. I didn't. I, I haven't sold my home. I haven't made money off that. So why am I having to pay more taxes for it? Because some arbitrary commission decided that it was worth more because no one put checks and balances in to make sure that the taxing district didn't just keep approving higher rate, higher amounts because it helps them get more money. That's what we're dealing with right now. So, you know, Prop 2 just passed. That's going to heavily affect the counties it's going to, when these bonds start going through, they're going to have to raise the money somehow. Guess what? It's going to be in your property. They're going to cap it in one way, but if they keep raising the appraisal values, it doesn't matter if the tax percentage is capped. You're still paying more because the appraisal values went up. And so that's what we're dealing with. And nobody wants to eliminate. Everybody's afraid. Well, we need to move to a sales tax, consumption tax. But the biggest problem with all of this is that we need to reduce the government. The government needs to go down. We can solve the money. Money is easy. How do you want to replace the money? Do you want it in property tax? you want it in sales tax? Okay, let's move it to sales tax. We can replace it with a sales tax. The question is, are we going to keep letting the cities push up the sales tax because we keep letting the government be so big? And as I joke, a lot of times I say, maybe the government needs to go on Dave Ramsey plan. And that's the, you know, it's a joke, but it's the truth. Like we need to start looking. One of the things I'm going to look at as Lieutenant Governor is all the committees that we're paying tons of money to. And that never go away. We, we make these committees to do a study and then we never drop the committees. And we just keep funneling these. We keep making more committees. We keep putting more money. We keep putting more people in power. And we keep paying these guys. The education system, it's got to go down. We can't keep spending this much money on an education system. We need to lower what the education system is. We need to reduce a lot of the extracurricular stuff that we put into these schools. And we need to tell people to learn to live on a budget. That's what we do as regular citizens. We live on a budget. We, we don't get to spend like drunken sailors And even worse than drunken sailors because they go broke eventually and and, and then say, oh, well, hey, 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 citizens, come pay me some more for what I just did. It doesn't work that way in the real world, but that's how our government works. So, yes, we need to eliminate them. We need to move to a sales tax. But then we also need to make sure that the the control is kept more in the city and counties with the tax, not just make a big taxing conglomerate in Austin like it is now. And we need to make sure that we give some control back to the local entities to protect themselves from, you know, Austin getting, getting out of control again. But, yes, I think that's I think that's the route we go to fix a lot of these problems.
0: For those who are still undecided in the race for Lieutenant Governor, they've looked at the candidates, but they haven't chosen a candidate to back yet. They're listening to you and they're saying, you know, I really like what Aaron Sorrells is saying, but I'm just not sure if he is the candidate for me. Can you take a few minutes to give them your elevator pitch and explain why you are the candidate who they need to support to be the next Lieutenant Governor of the great state of Texas?
1: Well, here's the thing. Uh, I made a I made a video about it the other day, and it's it's kind of become my not really my elevator speech, but my kind of my mission point. And this is the thing. I, I'm not. I'm just. I'm a regular guy like everybody else. I, I worked hard my whole life. I busted my butt. I made something for for myself and my family and for other people. And now here I am getting attacked by the government. I'm not a politician. I, I'm just somebody that's that has the will to go sacrifice effectively my life going after these people and to take on that challenge so that other people can continue to enjoy their life. And hopefully I can get in there and make that difference. But the problem with the system right now and how I'm gonna be different, and this is why people should look at me differently than other people, that are running for lieutenant governor in any case, any any position, is that I'm not going to do things the way everybody else is going to do it. I'm not going to run around doing your photo ops all the time. I'm not going to make everything look like a politician. I'm not trying to be the guy at the top. We we always complain, and it's actually funny. Chad Fraser talks about this a lot about removing, uh, making politics boring. You know, we we elevate these people to celebrity status. Well, we do that by constantly making everything about them. It, my, this is not about me. This is about the people of Texas. So I'm running to be the guy that helps get Texans back on track the way they were. It's not about me. It's about you, the people. And we need to focus on that. So this isn't about what I can do. This is about what we as a people can do. And one thing we have to do different is start reaching people that we didn't reach before in Texas. We've got to be willing to go outside our comfort zones, talk to the urban community, we got to be willing to talk to the hispanic community, the asian communities and all the other communities out there in texas that believe like we do. They believe in hard work. They believe in christian values. They believe in family values. They believe the government should be left should leave them alone. But we don't because it's uncomfortable. We go with this policy that we don't talk politics and religion. And by doing that, We have left a lot of votes on the table. We have not encouraged. We told everybody, don't go vote. Don't go vote. Well, look what just happened in Virginia. People voted and it looks like a Republicans won. We do have the ability to beat the system, but it doesn't happen by continuing to be pissed off and it doesn't happen if you sit on your butts. It happens by going out and engaging people. It it happens by reaching the people that are not in the system now the people that want to be reached, but nobody wants to take the time to communicate with them and, active, and engage them and actively involve them in, in the process. So if we want to win this, then we all must go out and vote. We all must engage with each other and start talking about the things that made us uncomfortable before, because that's what matters. If this state matters to you, if the Texas values matter like they do to me, since I'm fifth generation, then you need to get involved. It isn't about what I can personally do because there's too many counties in this in this state. There's too many people for one person to reach without, even with the money, Dan Patrick and the Math. So I need assistance, and I need people that really want to get involved and help make that difference so that it's all of us making the difference, not just one more celebrity at the top, which is what we, we try to turn people like myself into if I win. So that is, that is my goal. That is what I'm hoping that everybody will understand, and hopefully that you know, reaches people and we make the difference. I can, I can win this race and really do something for Texas.
0: So if somebody wants to support your campaign, if they want to donate or get a yard sign or just help out in some way, maybe volunteer, how should they go about doing that?
1: You can go to my website. Uh, it is uh, Sorrells, that's S-O-R-R-E-L-L-S, the number four, Texas.com. I've actually made it a little easier because that is a lot to spell. So you can also go to S four tx.com so that's the number four again Uh, you can go to any social media platform some of them i have not fully engaged in yet because it is a lot starting to campaign up and you know there's a lot of social media accounts out there now but all of my social medias are under at sorrells for texas and you know go to my website you can volunteer you can put into volunteer um, as I said about a spreading message, you know, spread it on your social media, spread it to your friends, disciple the word, because this is good versus evil right now, as far as I'm concerned. So do as Jesus said, we need to disciple people that are fighting against evil, uh, disciple his word. And, uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, donations, ultimately that helps. It is a lot of, it is a huge state to cover. So if you go to there, you can donate on my website and, um, I'll, I'll take all the support I can get.
0: Excellent. Well, Aaron Sorrells, we appreciate you being with us today. We wish you all the best in your campaign, and we look forward to hopefully speaking to you again before Election Day.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.